0: Hello! On this episode of Club and Resort Talks, we chat with Ned Welk, a principal with GSI Executive Search Ethos. Ned walks us through three very important things search committees look at when interviewing candidates for club positions. Grab a pen and a piece of paper and take notes. Enjoy! Hi, I'm Rob Thomas with Club and Resort Business. On today's Club and Resort Talks podcast, we have Ned Welk, a principal at GSI Executive Search, a client-focused recruitment team specializing in placements for the private club and hospitality industries. Ned has been a general manager at private clubs in Ohio and Florida for years. I first met him years ago when my wife and I belonged to Mayfield Sandridge Club here in Northeast Ohio. Ned, welcome to the podcast. Please tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself.
1: Thank you, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here and visit with you today. Yes, I've spent 40 years in the private club industry, 38 of them as a general manager of private clubs. And in the last two to three years, I've become a search agent with GSI Ethos is the name of our company now, GSI Ethos Executive Search. So I've spent a lot of time visiting clubs, in clubs, meeting with search committees, with boards, and with general managers to uh, Uh, help them both in consulting and with search placement. So I grew up in Ohio, and I'm calling you now from Ohio. So that's me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Hey, uh, real quick, and this is a side note, and we didn't talk about this, but I I, I noticed something in your bio that said you worked for the Cleveland Indians for a bit. I did. I spent nine seasons with them as the field announcer, which means I was the
1: in-house announcer for the games, all the home games I did a little bit of work with them on the road, but most of it was in Cleveland Stadium, um, the old stadium that's since gone. And I did every home game for them for uh, so many years. It was wonderful. The claim to fame that I had was that at that time, there were only two major league announcers that actually announced the games while seated on the playing field. I had a booth that was near home plate between the visiting dugout and home plate that I could watch those games. I had the best seat in the house. So overall, I probably saw 700 games from on the field. It's a really exciting time because I'm a big baseball fan.
0: Holy cow. You know, growing up an Indians fan myself, and baseball is my first love, uh, I can't imagine you saw too many wins during your time there. They had a pretty uh, pretty dry stretch after, uh, I don't know, the 50s, all the way up until the, four, uh, the 1994 season.
1: Right. I, I can't remember too many Uh, victories but there were some and there were some highlights so we did the all-star game when it was in Cleveland um, back in the day uh, Dennis Eckersley's no hitter and Len Barker's perfect game I was on the field for that one
0: holy cow so
1: I had some highlights in there (laughs) Rick Manning caught the final out yes he did against the Toronto Blue Jays and Ernie Witt hit it
0: Fantastic! Hey, hey, Dad, I glossed over uh, real quick, but uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what GSI Executive Search Ethos does? Yeah,
1: we're we're in both private club consulting and executive search. We're also uh, part of the Addison Law Firm, which works with uh, resorts and, and different hospitality properties in terms of legal issues and bylaws and purchases and things like that. But my end of it the executive search side and consulting side, we do primarily searches at clubs all across the country. For general managers, we do executive chefs, we do assistant managers, controllers, golf professionals, and superintendents, different top-level management jobs at clubs, uh, whatever their needs may be. So that's, that's what we do, and that's who we are.
0: Hey, I was looking on your website, and uh, I happened to notice that you penned an article about controlling what search committees say about you after the interview. You had mentioned being able to gain a sense of how the interview went based on the spoken or unspoken cues from the committee members during the meeting, but it's after the meeting that true feelings are expressed and the uh, committee dialogue really gets going. Three things the search committee discusses after a candidate says goodbye, let's hit them one by one, if we can. Uh, First, you mentioned your presence.
1: Well, Rob, I I think I'd like to start that by saying that, you know, your resume, your cover letter, your work history, all of those things they're aware of when you walk into the room. They've they've done their homework on that. Uh, But that's really not so much what they're interested in when you walk into the room. They're really trying to find out who you are, not just what you are the resume tells them what you are if you're a club management manager for instance but who you are is what they're most interested in because they want to see if you're going to be a good fit for their club not just can you do the job i talked to many candidates who are certainly qualified for the job and they can't understand or question why they weren't selected well oftentimes it's because the committee or the board or the hiring party just doesn't see them as a fit for whatever reason. So when you mention the presence, what we're talking about there is basically, are you relaxed? Are you comfortable? Are you friendly, but not overly friendly? Do you fog out? By fog out, I mean every once in a while people will be asked a question, candidates rather, will be asked a question, and they pause for a minute to think about it, and all of a sudden it turns into a little bit longer of a pause than it should be while they're trying to formulate the perfect answer, and it never works. So being natural in how you carry yourself, they, they're picturing you amongst their friends, amongst their peers in the club. They're picturing you, you know, at a, at a special event and how your presence will be noticed or not noticed, as the case may be. So that's that's what we're talking about with presence.
0: Yeah, obviously they know the, uh, they know the membership very well and what's going to fly. That's correct.
1: And they're looking... And a lot of the different things, sure, it's, it's body posture and it's dress and it's mannerism and it's grooming and all those things that go into interviewing. But really what they're trying to see is, can you make eye contact? Are you thoughtful in your responses? Are you contrite? Uh, you know, a lot of times I've seen people interview and they're asked a question and they answer the question with a story. Uh, and they think they're answering the question, but really, in fact, they're telling a story. Uh, and search committees, are they want to hear the answer to the question that you were asked as a candidate. So I, I caution candidates ahead of time to concentrate on the question, answer that. And if you want to add a short anecdotal story afterwards, that, that's okay as long as it's short and brief.
0: But answer the question. So that's part of presence. Beautiful. Uh, answer the question. Sounds like something from uh, A Few Good Men. I demand the truth. Is that what the deal was? No, something like he wanted, <laughs> we wanted him on the wall, but we didn't want him to
1: answer any questions. Yeah, I remember that, but uh, it, it's not quite, we don't get into that kind of interrogation like a courtroom would be, but, you know, the committee comes with a, a list of questions for the candidates, questions that we provide them as a means to, to understand the club industry. Because the other key point that managers certainly know is that these are all well-intended, successful volunteers that have offered their time and expertise to help the club find the right individual. And again, we're back to fit. But they, they are club users, but they're not club management or club industry uh, professionals. So they want to learn as much as they want to ask. And that, that's sort of our job in the search business, to help them learning. And that's the consultant part of it in terms of answering questions about the industry and about these skill sets that are on the resume.
0: There's a, uh, there's a running joke. There is no I in team, but there is an M and an E, which brings me to your next topic, which was focus.
1: Well, you mentioned that word I, and it's a personal turnoff for me, but I caution people when they go in for these interviews. If you answer questions with, I did this, and then I went and did that, and then I was able to accomplish this, and I, and the more every time you use the word I, it becomes, you're sending a subliminal message or an overt message to the people in the room that you're talking about yourself and just yourself. And, you know, in our times now, everyone recognizes that it's a team effort and everyone recognizes that no matter what happens in a private club, Whether it's a big event or or a golf event or even just a meal, it's never the result of one person. It takes a team to make that all come together and work. And every one of those people on search committees are concerned about how you're going to motivate, lead, and direct your team. And by saying I, 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 you're you're talking a different language to them. So uh, your focus is... You know, talk about the team, talk about how you can motivate, how you can train, how you can lead, all those other things, but, but stop talking about yourself. Um, it's a turnoff.
0: Sure. No stronger word than we and team, obviously. Correct. Correct. The third topic in your article was your social activity, and I imagine that's talking about uh, social media?
1: Yeah, it's just, um, you're right, it is, and it's different, too. It's uh, a lot of different things. Um, But social activity, it's been not surprising to me in our digital age, but by the time the candidate walks in the room, everyone involved in the process has already looked at their LinkedIn information, looked at their Facebook, Instagram, whatever else they're using, uh, whether it's social media or just professional media like LinkedIn. Um, they, they're looking for a couple things. They're looking for, one, does it match up with what they supplied in a resume and everything else? So they're looking for accuracy. Um, that's one thing. And then the second thing they're looking for, they just want to see how you conduct yourself. I mean, oftentimes I talk to my students in my plug management class at Kent State University, and I talk to them about this all the time. It's one thing it, when you're young and you're in college to post some things about you are at this bar having a great time with a bunch of your friends, but that stuff's got to go prior to you looking for a job because nowadays people look at that almost first. Um, And I've been in a room with a person interviewing when others, one of the search committee people has a computer open and I was sitting next to him and he kind of tilted it toward me so I could see something that was posted on a uh, Facebook page for this candidate. And it wasn't horrible; it just was not professional, and it was a turnoff to those guys. And, and he did not get that job. Um, so that's the thing about social media: is that you got to, you can't fix it after it's already been exposed. You got to fix it before that. So that's the thing on that. But the other thing about accuracy and that uh, is, I wanted to mention something about names and faces in the private club industry. Unlike Hotels, restaurants, resorts, any of those other things, cruise ships. It's important to be courteous. It's important to be helpful, welcoming, warm, all those things that are taught uh, during the training program for any of those segments of the industry. But only one is it not just important. It's actually a requirement that you become skilled and use that skill to remember names and faces. These are repeat Uh, Owners of the club every time they walk in, and they want to be known by their name. They want the staff to know who they are. And as a general manager, you have to be the one to teach them and instill that interest in learning that. And there are plenty of ways to do it. You just have to work at it. And that's the accuracy part. Before you go in for an interview, I tell all these candidates, not just GMs, chefs, controllers, find out from the search agent who's going to be in the room. And then do your homework. Look up their names on LinkedIn or Facebook or any place else and try to put a name with a face. So when you walk in the room and you're shaking hands with five or six or seven people, you're not stumbling and asking them to repeat their names. You already know who most of them are before you even shook their hand. Um, not everybody's on social media, but most people are in some sense. Um, so I encourage that and, and want to remind everyone that that's as important a tool as you could possibly have to demonstrate that you, you, their face and their name is important to you and you can repeat it and, and it'll be instilled in the staff that work for you. And
0: now, I, I know that you don't need any more any trumpeting because if, if you're in a club industry, people know who you are. But Tanya and I were always amazed at how well you, Randy, and, Raymond, you, Randy, and Raymond always knew our names when we walked in. Hello, Mr. Thomas. You know, it was like so, it it, it was amazing. We were brand new, and we didn't know anybody. But you made us feel like we were very welcome and wanted to be there.
1: Well, that makes me feel good to know that. And I, I'll say this to you. I'm repeating myself by saying that takes work, first of all. You have to, you know, you have to work at that. You have to concentrate. You have to. After you've learned a person's name to associate with the face, you have to kind of bring it up sort of a Rolodex in your mind. Um, And there's other ways, too. I mean, you could check the reservation list. Sometimes the names are on their lockers. I mean, there's lots of things. It just takes the effort to do that. And I think it's so important. And even now, you know, these years later, you still remember that. And that's a very memorable part of belonging to a private club.
0: I do. You know, it it stood out to both Tanya and I, and it certainly did not go unnoticed. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, hey, uh, Lastly, you had mentioned something that you you really don't have any control once you leave the interview. As the interviewee, people are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to talk about what they're going to talk about. What do you have control over? You'd mentioned sending a note, perhaps. Yes.
1: Well, yes, that's absolutely a must. Send a thank you note to everybody that was in the room individually is wonderful, but if even collectively is fine. Just that is a, uh, and I've seen people forget to do that or not think it's important until they get another interview or anything else. But always send a note of thank you. Those people gave up their time to come and talk to you and learn about you, so you should thank them. So that's absolutely true, Rob. The other thing about that uh, question about what do they say about you after you leave the room? It's kind of fascinating to me because during the interview, the search agent, myself, has a, an important role to play during the interview. But after the candidate leaves, the board, search committee, who's ever in the room, they all know each other. They're all friends, they're close. So they start talking amongst themselves as if myself is not in the room. Um, they're just they're talking about the candidate, and it's very interesting to hear what they have to say. Sometimes it's an eye contact thing they refer to. Sometimes it's you know rambling too much, but they reflect quickly on their impressions. And if they're negative or or a little bit off base, they're reluctant to move forward because they they see. Um, your, how can I say this, they see whatever you did as being something that will continue once you're in the clubs and will be a turnoff to the members. Now, granted, you could be a little nervous in the interview. That's normal. Everybody is somewhat nervous in an interview, but just keep yourself calm, make eye contact, answer questions, smile, you know, relax,
0: and you'll be all right. All right. Hey, that's that's all I got for you, Ned. I really appreciate your time, and I'm sure that GMs or, or directors of food and beverage, whoever's listening to this podcast right now, are going to take a lot of what you had said here to heart, and when they're going for their next interview, sitting in front of that search committee, which can be very intimidating, really run with it, and I, and I, hope, that, I hope they enjoyed it as much as I did.
1: Well, thank you, Rob. I I'll end just by I'll offer any help to any candidate or any search firm related work or consulting work for clubs that might be interested in even just talking. But between Addison Law, the GSI Ethos
0: team, uh, we're able to provide a lot of good uh, counseling to clubs. So count on us. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time, Ned. I look forward to the next time we get to chat. Me too, Rob.